Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Believe in Jaguars. I'm Jordan DeLugo, joined by former Jaguars and Eagles tight end Clay Harbor. No victory Monday for the Jaguars this week after a heartbreaking loss at the hands of the Eagles, up 14-0 in the first quarter. The Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, quite literally could not hold on. Final score, Eagles 29, Jaguars 21. Clay, how about it? Yeah, tough game for our Jaguars, but you know I'm going to, you know, I still got to st- win or lose. I'm going to start us off the right way. Let's go, Duval! <laughs> Love it. Bring some energy back into, into this fan base. That's a, They're a little down after this one. You know, they're not. There, there were some good things that I think that you could take away from this game. Obviously, I think the bad outweighs the good, but there were still some good things. Some, you know, some things to touch on that. You know, Jamal Agnew had a had a decent game. I think decent. Yeah, I I'd say he had a great game. Yeah, I know. I'm still just a little bit down by about the loss, but <laughs> yeah, they came. I think uh, the fact that the Jaguars were still in this one. Nick Sirianni with a bonehead call at the end of the game, going for it on fourth down, gave the Jaguar. They had a chance to go down the field. They had the ball in their hand, mm-hmm. down eight, one score, you know, and, and they had the opportunity to go and tie the football game at the end of the game after everything had happened. Four loss fumbles, um, just playing horribly, not establishing the run, not being able to complete bad. They're still in the football game. So you look at that, this is the best team in the NFL, the only undefeated team left. I think there's something you can take from that. Yeah, and um, anytime you lose, there's more negatives than positives, bottom line. But for me, I think that this was about as positive of a loss as you could possibly have. You're on the road against, again, the only NFL team that is undefeated right now against a team that is loaded with talent on both sides of the football against a well-coached team. And it's a, it's, it's a monsoon out there. Uh, It absolutely is. And both teams were playing through it. Absolutely. And the Jaguars did not handle it from a coaching perspective or a on field perspective, execution perspective, as well as the Eagles were able to. And that's why the Eagles ended up winning this football game. Um, they adjusted their they adjusted their game plan. Doug Peterson said after the game, he's not going to let weather dictate his game plan. He's not going to let it change that much. So, like it or not, that's how the Jaguars are going to attack teams, and they're just not going to let the weather change what they're doing. Um, so, we'll get into this game. We'll get into all of our takeaways. We will talk about how we feel about the state of the Jaguars after four weeks. You know, kind of the quarter mark here of the 2022 season. And then we'll look ahead a little bit what what the Jaguars have coming up. So make sure to follow Clay on Twitter at ClayHarbs82, myself at Jordan DeLugo. Make sure to subscribe and review if you enjoy the show here. Believe in Jaguars. Getting straight into the tough stuff. Doug Peterson, he says, you throw to score, you run to win. That is his philosophy on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. But what happens when your quarterback cannot hold on to the football and your receivers are struggling to do the same? Do you not 
alter the game plan at halftime at all? I mean, it is raining cats and dogs outside. I think, you know, I, I love how aggressive Doug is, but I think you alter the game plan and you, and you alter, you know, some of your decisions you make, such as going forward on fourth down. When, you know, Trevor fumbles and on fourth down is a turnover. I know he fumbled. They would have turned the ball over anyways, but maybe you try to kick that field goal. Maybe you try had, to I will say, had he not fumbled, he had a guy. That was going to be a first down. Yeah, he had some. He, he was open. It was there. But, I mean, you got to know, like, look, that's a huge play. That turnover on downs was a huge play. Momentum swinger. There's a few of those. We were just talking about them. I mean, there were some huge momentum swinging plays. And I think we love – I'm not going to say Doug did the wrong thing there. He had a guy open. Trevor dropped the football, holding it, you know, in the rain. It's tough. The ball gets slick. Oh, it's just frustrating, you know, as to, to see the game go the way it did when it started the way it did. It was such a swing of emotions going from being up 14 to having a couple of these big plays and just change the momentum. We talked about the Jalen Hurts, fourth and goal, going for it. They get that stop. That's huge. Maybe they drive the ball out. You know, even if they, they pin them deep, that changes the whole game. So there's a few plays there that I think, and this is one of the reasons why we're talking before, you know, we started recording here. It's like, I'm still, I still think there's some good things to be taken from this. 4-0 team, beat some good teams, best team in the league. And you you stuck this close in the game where you turned the ball over like you did. So that's positive for me. Yeah, best team in the league so far. I would, con- gosh, the Chiefs looked damn good last night. Um, they're, they're right up there, though. The Eagles are one of the best teams in football. I think everyone can agree on that right now. That's how they're looking. Uh, and the Jaguars, in my opinion, defensively, I think they mostly got the job done. You see the 200 rushing yards by the Eagles, but it's on 50 carries. They just committed to doing it. They committed to running the football. The Jaguars did not. And so I do think, Doug, after after Trevor Lawrence had that fumble on fourth down where it looked like maybe his leg knocked it out of his hand or he just dropped it straight up, um, and he had the guy, I think it was Tim Jones, who would have had a first down. Um after that, and then the very next play, you come out and Christian Kirk can't hold on to an easy screen pass. I'm like, all right, our two best players cannot hold on to the football right now. Our two yeah. best offensive players from a passing game standpoint. We need to pack it in here. We need to do what the Eagles are doing. We need to commit to running the ball, commit to smash mouth football, and uh, let the chips fall where they may. That's my personal opinion. But again, Doug Peterson said, this is how he's going to coach. He's not going to adjust his game plan due to weather all that much. He is a pass-first coach. If his teams are losing, if his teams are in neutral script, they are throwing the football. If they're up, they're running it. That's just the bottom line when it comes to Doug Peters, and he's not going to change that now. And in most situations, it's not going to hurt you because you do have Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball. You do have Doug Peterson calling the plays. Most of the time, that is going to be a recipe for success. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, but when you get 19 carries for the Jaguars to to 50 carries for the Eagles, you had 210 yards rushing for the Eagles, 71 
for the Jaguars. And I'll, I will say that obviously some of that, that rushing was in the four-minute offense in the fourth quarter for the Eagles when they're just running the ball down our throat. And they got a lot more push, and they're getting, you know, they're averaging more per carry than the than the Jaguars were. But the yeah. Jaguars still 3.7 per carry. I mean, they, they were getting stuffed a little bit, but they still had some runs in there. I know early the running game seemed to be working. As the game progressed and that momentum swing happened, you started to see the Jaguars were getting stuffed. And they couldn't, they couldn't stop the Eagles' offense, the Eagles' run game. And that's even with their left tackle being out. And they're still getting all that push. So, And that part of that is the Eagles knowing that they're going to go for it on fourth down. Just like the Jaguars. Because they can run the ball on third and eight, and it doesn't yep. matter because they know they're going to go for it on the next play. Yep. Yeah. And um, that's the same thing, the same type of uh, play call that, that Doug Peterson does. I think a lot of coaches are actually imitating the way he does that. and saw yeah, him He's the OG that. of that right now, right? He is. And now you're yeah. seeing it all over the place. Coaches are using that fourth down as an actual extra down. Because analytically, if you're if you're in the 50-yard line, the, the analytics say, well, why don't you go for it? If it's like fourth and under th- or three or four yards. So a lot of coaches are doing it, and it pays off. I think it's when you have an offense that, that's able to be aggressive like that, if you trust your offense, offenses like Philly and Jacksonville, if, I, if I'm a Chicago Bear, I'm not going for it. I might punt on third down. I'm not going for it on fourth. No way. But – with these two teams, it pays off. And man, you know, I hate to say it, but I was right about Miles Sanders. I mean, this guy's a beast. I mean, I got the receipts going to watch him in training camp. I go, this guy's a superstar. He played like it. He played mm-hmm. like it. And Jalen Hurts is just so good with that zone read and the way he handled the game in the, in the running game, as well as managing the game outside of that pick to Cisco was, you know, he, he, he'd say, I think he outplayed uh, Jalen Hurts or outplayed Trevor Lawrence. Oh, certainly he did. And a good part of that was coaching. I think a good part of that was someone who I wanted to bring up here. A.J. Brown was fantastic for yeah. the Eagles yesterday. And he is that this is one of those teams. They went out and they made the move to go bring in an alpha wide receiver one this offseason. And it is paying off big time for them. No, nothing against Christian Kirk and the skill set that he has, but he does not have that skill set of A.J. Brown, who A.J. Brown can be a game-breaker like Christian Kirk can, but he can also just say, I'm lining up against your best corner, and I'm going to win this route, and I'm and Jalen Hurts is going to be able to throw me the football, and I'm going to get the job done more often than not. The Jaguars don't have that right now. No. I don't think in, in me watching, you know, being from Chicago and watching the Bears – A.J. Brown is so far ahead of the majority of receivers in this league. You have to be good to make the NFL, but as a player, seeing the way he catches the ball and how confident he is in these tight window situations, it's very uncommon the way he runs routes, the way he attacks the football with his hands. You can just see the way a guy runs and catches and the confidence he has. A.J. Brown has that confidence. I mean, you'll be hard-pressed to find – a receiver in this league that's better than him. He's top five yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And him and Hurts, they have chemistry. Give Hurts credit too. He's putting the ball on him. He's putting it where it needs to be. Yeah. So he's very impressive. But that hell of a move by Howie Roseman. Um, I mean, Howie's a smart guy, Jordan. He's a guy who drafted me. I mean, come on. You know, <laughs> Howie Roseman's a smart guy. A genius. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I 
heck of a move. Eagles. Right now, if they stay healthy. To me, I mean, obviously you got a team like the Chiefs, but as far as the NFC is concerned, watching the Buccaneers last night, they had Julio back, they had Godwin back, they had um, they had Mike Evans back. They still got ran by the Chiefs. So, and the Chiefs are a team that just got beat by the Colts. So as far as they beat themselves a little bit in that one, I, I studied yeah. that game a little bit. I think the Chiefs had no business losing that game, but they did. Yeah, they did. I mean. The Eagles, I mean, I know we're not talking about the Eagles here, but I think they have a... Well, uh, we are, you know. They have a uh, a good shot to to really win this NFC and to keep their season undefeated the next few weeks. The only thing I would worry about is the first team you mentioned, Tampa. Um, I, Tom Brady has had a lot of s- slow starts throughout his career, and he's yeah. one of those guys, and he's basically a coach on the field for them, right? He, he knows with him. He does. He does the meetings. Him, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. When I was in New England, they took turns. You never see a, a player talking in meetings. Tom is up on the install talking about how he wants to install plays. Him and Josh McDaniels. So when you say Jordan that he's a coach on the field, he literally is like a coach. He's in the install putting in plays. Yeah, a coach on the field and in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's the. We've seen Tom Brady teams start slow many times in the past, and they get into form right when they need to in the playoffs. So, in my opinion, in the NFC, that would be the only team if I was the Eagles that I'd be, yeah, scared of if if the playoffs started and and they have a matchup with them because you've seen the the Bucks take them down the last yeah. couple years. Uh, you know what Tom Brady and those receivers can do, so. And that's all just to say, I think the Eagles are playing at an incredibly high level. I think they're executing at a high level. I think they're being coached at a high level and their buy-in is complete. Um, Jalen Hurts is a fantastic leader. I think Nick Sirianni is a really good leader. Jonathan Gannon is doing a great job coaching them up um, on the defensive side of the ball with those zone coverages. They are so good at passing off those assignments and, uh, that happened on the James Bradbury one. Trevor Lawrence thought he was doing something smart. Uh, Nate Tice talked about this on the athletic football show. Trevor had a tendency of hitting the hot, which was the um, the check down the last few weeks. And instead he goes for the intermediate one, thinking Marvin Jones is going to carry Bradbury to the back to the end zone. Yeah. Bradbury knows that he has help over top. And he sees Trevor Lawrence's eye, reads him, and, and gets a beautiful pick. And, you know, Trevor thought he was doing the right thing. I think the study of the game tells you you're doing the right thing, but the Eagles just made you wrong because yeah. they executed a higher level on that play. Um, and James Bradbury is a great corner. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Eagles are doing a great job. Another thing the Eagles did, the Jaguars didn't do, I thought that in the second half when the Eagles were just running and running and running, yeah. The Jaguars had no clue if it was going to be Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts on a given play, and that was killing them. Well, you have that. That's one of the things. That's what makes Jalen Hurts so dangerous is the way he can run that zone read. And you'll see – I mean, you'll see the DNs. I think you saw Walker, Allen literally tackle Miles Sanders like he had the football. And he mm-hmm. didn't have football. And Hurts just pulls it and runs for five. And Jalen Hurts is strong. You'll see the videos floating around on – 
social media. Jalen Hurts can squat 600 plus pounds. That's I don't. That's not a normal thing, even for NFL football players. You're not. Mm-hmm. Nobody's squatting that. Like a, a quarterback squatting 600 pounds. You might find a few guys in the league in the on a roster that, that will squat that much, and usually they're D linemen or linebackers or something. Jalen Hurts is a strong, fast runner, and he was. And here's the thing: they were falling every time he, they hit him. They were falling forward. the The Jaguars just got out physical up front, and you know, unfortunately, there was nothing they could do. It's like you're, they were at their, their will. I, I think that 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 defensive front has to be better. And yeah, and I think they did they, they did lose Foley Fatu Kasi in this one with a quad injury. And uh certainly when you talk about losing him, he might be your best interior run defender. He yeah. probably is in fact. So that hurts. Yeah, it does. Um so Doug, he put the loss on the turnovers. He did not really take any accountability in terms of not running the football. That's not who he's gonna be. He's We've talked about it. He's going to throw the ball. Hmm? It's true. I mean, if you turn the ball over that much, I don't care. Obviously, we think you should have ran the ball more. If you turn the ball over that much, that you're not going to win a football game. Yeah. He's absolutely right. Those turnovers were unacceptable turnovers as well. They were most – until the fourth quarter, they were unforced errors. Yeah. O-line didn't But of the, I think Trevor got had like five sacks or four sacks, but there's only two that you could really blame on the offensive line. And even the last one, I mean, the, that was, I mean, Trevor held the ball a little bit long and it was kind he of did. play, you know, the ball. Both of the, out. yeah, both of the Hassan Reddick forced fumbles, the sack fumbles. Jawan Taylor got beat cleanly and quickly, but Reddick still was far enough away from Lawrence that Lawrence had time to feel the pressure to get rid of the football. And I think that he had the ball for more than three seconds on both of those plays. Yeah. So, so yeah, Jawan Jawan got beat, but Trevor needed to get rid of the football. Um, And Trevor owned it. He owned this loss. I want to read what he said to the media. The first thing he said, said, I would start by saying, I have to play better. Our defense gave us a chance to win it at the end of the game. I'm just pissed I let those guys down and, and just had too many turnovers. Obviously, it starts with me. All of them were on me today, so no one else gets the blame there. To let those guys down is disappointing. I felt like we had a chance to win that game, and we did. And the same thing at the end there, it's on me. So he completely owned it, and that's what you want to see from a young quarterback. Absolutely. He's uh, he's not hiding from the fact that he's got to get better. And, you know, I think he will. And looking back at the game, besides that interception and besides the fumbles, you know, I think he played a, a decent game. There was a couple drops. Mm-hmm. I think he had a couple high throws with the water. I think Tim Jones, yeah. I remember a little swing pass to him was a little high. Um, it was high. Yeah. Um, I had my notes here. So, oh, yeah. I had three drops. Yeah. And four poor throws. Yeah. One of them would have been a touchdown to Jamal Agnew, who was streaking oh, yeah. down yeah, the field. He had two defenders behind him. Yeah, I he stacked them up. Cap of the, of the game, he was wide open there. And that was right after Agnew had uh, two big catches, too. Yeah. Yeah, hell of a game for Agnew, as you mentioned. 
um, scored two touchdowns, had multiple plays where he was just able. Uh, he had a screen where he really set the blocking up, and oh, just I love that, he just that was beautiful. He just stopped and waited for his lineman to go set it up. That was a yeah. great job. Agnew has a really good feel, and I think uh, you know he stepped up with with Zay being out for sure. So I think he earned himself a little bit more time. Yeah, and uh, tough situation for Tim Jones to come into a game like that in his first real NFL action for the Jaguars. Um, But, you know, could those turnovers have been avoided if you decided to just play the power game, play the ground game? Yeah, maybe they could have. But again, the Jaguars only lost by eight points. They were in position to go tie the game at the end, and they couldn't get the job done. Yep. Uh, that for me, it, it was a team loss. Coaching could have been better on both sides of the ball. I thought that the Jaguars defense could have been more prepared for some of the tight end screens. thought they could have been more prepared to run fit a little bit up front. There was, I mean, mostly they did a good job against the run, but there was just a few plays where they didn't quite fit it right. And they know they can do a better job. Again, I think they should have ran the ball more huge credit to Nick Sirianni, Shane Steichen, um, and Jonathan Gannon for putting together a really good game plan and adjusting their game plan to what was happening on the field, which was an absolute monsoon. Yeah, they did a good job. They got a good, they got a good staff over there in Philly. And I like Sirianni. I think he made a bonehead move at the end there trying to go for it because who knows? I mean, Trevor and the, and the Jags and Doug probably had a good plan. They always have a good two minute could have went down the field and, and did something. And he would have, they'd have been calling for his head, but Overall, Sirianni had a hell of a game plan. Gannon, Station, I think all of them uh, did well there. And I think they outcoached, uh, you know, the Jaguars. Doug and Mike Caldwell coming back to Philly after being there for a number of years. I think got outcoached. But I still think there's some good things to take from it. And uh, the Jaguars are still who I thought they were, which is a playoff team, which is the best team in the AFC South. I still think yeah. they're, they're that team and have a chance to prove it next week against the Houston Texans. Yeah, you know, uh, I think we can kind of put this one to bed and start talking about where the Jaguars are at now, like you said, and w- what's happening moving forward. I'm not overly concerned about this one. We mentioned great football team, great coaching, inclement weather on the road. I get losing this game like this is a game you understand a loss um could it have been avoided yeah they could have done a better job they could have won that game yeah but i'm not concerned uh overall about the state of the jaguars because they did go up and fight um they have shown us a lot through the first four weeks we knew who Doug was going into that game we still know who he is he is a pass to score run to win coach And most of the time, like I mentioned earlier, when Peterson is calling your plays and Trevor Lawrence is throwing the football for you, that is going to be a winning formula. It just is. And I know it's fresh. It's early. Um, It's four games into the Doug Peterson experience here in Jacksonville. They've got a long way to go on both sides of the ball. And I think the good thing is the young talent is there on both sides of the ball. Um, The coaching is there on both sides of the ball as long as you're not playing in a monsoon, apparently. I do think the coaching will be just fine. So I, I feel pretty good about them. I really do. Yeah, same. I think we uh, regroup. Big week against the Texans. I watched the Texans last couple weeks. Um, 
they're not an overly great team. Davis Mills um, is not Trevor Lawrence. I think that they have Damian Pierce is a good running back. But, you know, obviously we'll look forward to the Texans game later on in the week. But I think this is a, win a very winnable game for the Jaguars to get back above 500 where they belong. Yeah, I don't want to call it a must win. But if you win that, I mean, if you lose that contest, yeah. then you really start raising some questions about what's going on here. Um, yeah, just because that's the way it is. Uh, it's looked good through four weeks for the most part. Their two losses were two close losses that they hung in there and fought. And almost won. Uh, but if you lose to Houston, all that goes out the window and it's it's question time. It's like, okay, what's going on here? And look, the Jaguars haven't beaten the Texans in Jacksonville or Houston since 2017. Wow. Since Deshaun Watson's first game. Wow. Yeah, that's uh that's not a good stat right there. I think it's time that the Jaguars change that. And I think they will. Honestly, they'll bounce back. There are some good things, some bad things. They're going to go back and clean up. And, uh, you know, why do I know they're going to win, Jordan? Because I'm going to be at the game. Hell, yeah. Alumni weekend. I will be on the field with the Jaguars, some of the former Jaguars players. And we will be providing some extra support. So if, if you guys listen to this in your town, I'll be at the game in Duval. If you see me, come say what's up. We'll talk some Jags. We'll uh, – We'll, we'll, we'll talk about where we think the Jags are going this season. Yeah, that's awesome that they've got the whole group getting together. I think Tony Baselli is being honored for uh, getting into the Hall of Fame this weekend as well. So big weekend for Jaguars alumni, for the Jaguars, you know, honoring Tony being in the Hall of Fame, the first Jaguar to ever make it. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff. And of course, yeah, you got to go take care of the Texans. But looking at where the Jaguars are at, looking ahead a little bit as we talked about against the Texans, you're still in first place in your division. Yeah. The Titans have won two straight. I'm aware of that. Um, yep. But the Jaguars have the tiebreaker because they have – I had to go pretty far down the list to find that tiebreaker because there's so many that did not qualify. But right now, based on the two teams and the, the teams that they have played, it's based on their AFC – record the Jaguars are 2-0 and in the AFC the Titans are 2-1 and in the AFC so the Jaguars hold the tiebreaker they hold the cards they're still third place in the entire conference they're in third if the, if the playoffs started right now the Jaguars would host a home playoff game and they would be in third the third seed so yeah. I think they're still in a pretty damn good spot still in a great spot Still believe in Trevor, still believe in Doug. You know, defense looked ugly giving up all those rushing yards, but you know, still think that we have the personnel there. And the other thing about that defense, the offense was not holding on to the ball at all. They were giving yeah. it to the Eagles in exactly. such good field position over and over again. The defense was put in a horrific position by the offense in this one. Yeah, I agree. That was, I mean, that's a that's a tough, tough situation that they were in but I mean 210 rushing yards and obviously you got Jalen Hurts which makes that much more difficult you're not going to face you know another guy like Jalen Hurts anytime soon that can just run the ball a four or five runner and can can pass the ball like that which makes it so much more difficult especially those zone, zone reads he does so you kind of understand but you still don't want to see him giving up five yards of carry to Miles Sanders um, yep. I think they'll get better. 
And that was really Miles Sanders had that one big chunk run to the yeah. left side where I don't want to blame refs at all for this. It looked like there might have been a little bit holding on that side, but Deshaun Dixon, who is a rookie who was forced into action in this game, an undrafted free agent, doesn't normally play, is not normally active. Um, he had to get out there on the field due to injuries, and he did not set that edge. He got yeah. washed a little bit, and Miles Sanders took advantage. Yep. But, yeah, so, look, complimentary football was not played on Sunday. It just wasn't. That's the bottom line. But you've got two straight divisional games to clean this stuff up. You take on the Texans, like we mentioned, this weekend at home. You know, this is a Texans team the Jaguars have to beat. And then you travel to Indy to take on the Colts, a team that you know how to beat, that you know how to have success against. They're playing a little bit better football now. They're feeling a little bit better now. But – I think the Jaguars still should have their number. And then you host the Giants at home, which is another team. They're three and one right now, but that is a fake three and one, in my opinion. What do you think about that? Well, obviously, I just saw them in Chicago and I watched the whole game uh, yeah. yesterday, the Giants game, and very winnable game. The, the Bears had a chance to win, and they, they their offense is horrendous. Their defense was not much better. They, I mean, obviously, they're playing against Saquon Barkley. Problem though, you're going to have another big, tough runner in, and the Giants did a good job of running football and play actioning off of that. So you're going to have to have a plan for that run game, that play action. And Saquon Barkley had 94 yards after contact. After con, some mm-hmm. guys don't have 94 yards all season in a game. He had 94 yards after contact against the Bears. So this guy's breaking tackles, and he looks like the old Saquon. He's he's doing a great job, but I still think it's a game the Jaguars should win. And, you know, overall, I think there were some decent performances on the defensive side of the ball, too, to, you know, not – obviously, I don't like that Trayvon Walker had 20 pass rush attempts and had no hurries. He had one hurry. Lane Johnson. Yeah, that's when they turned him loose. Lane um, Johnson, man. Lane Johnson. I know he's a rookie, but I want to see – a little bit more, and Josh Allen has that sack, but that was, I mean, that was kind of a of a give-me sack for Josh Allen, and he didn't really apply that much pressure either. Foyer had three TFLs. I thought he played okay, but I felt like uh, they're in the run game, but like you said, there's a rookie defensive tackle. They're, those guys are getting blocked. Want to see more on the linebacker. Foye had 16 tackles, Devin Lloyd 14, four solos. But I want to see more of that, you know, on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage and um, doing better that way. Yeah. I just think they got worn down. I really do when I look at how that went. Yeah. They got worn down by the offense turning the ball over, by the offense not having any time of possession late in that game for the most part. As a team, that matters. As a defense and an offense, when your when your defense gets a turnover, you have it's just the momentum is real as a player. And the yeah. defense, when your when your offense turns the ball over, it's deflating, and it puts you in a bad situation. So, that being said, I mean you, you do have that that excuse there, but I still liked a little bit a little bit more stout up front, but. They did a good job, and this one is squarely on the turnovers, I I think. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so what, now what 
for Doug Peterson and these Jaguars, you know, they responded incredibly well to losing to the Washington Commanders. And I think overall they've responded well to wins as on the same on the same token. It's not as if they came out and they were like mentally unprepared for this. They they couldn't hold a candle to the Eagles. They had a chance to tie the game at the end of the game. They had a chance to be right there. They just didn't quite get it done against a really good football team. I don't feel bad about the Jaguars. I think that they're going to be just fine here. I think Doug is going to get them in a good place to go take on these two straight division opponents and then take on the Giants. And uh, you have a really good chance to go on a three-game winning streak here before you go to London and take on the Broncos. And uh, that'll be another big game, of course. So what is interesting, I just thought about this. The Giants, and you're talking about Saquon Barkley, reminded me of this. Saquon Barkley's first game as a pro was against the Jaguars in New York. Barkley had a big game, but the Jaguars won that game. It was 2018. That was the last time the Jaguars have beaten an NFC opponent. Wow, you're pulling out some good stats here today, Jordan. That's a good one. That, you know, the Giants is also going to be the next opportunity for the Jaguars to take down an NFC opponent. Yeah. You're going to have to get it done. It's going to be the Giants. Two straight wins against the Giants, and you can't beat anybody else in the conference. It's just going to be the start, though, because uh, after it's going to, it's going to after the after the uh, Giants win, it's going to be a waterfall effect, and they're just going to keep winning, beating <laughs> NFC all the way to the Super Bowl, baby. I don't know about that, but I think all the way to the playoffs and all the way to a division title. We hope this year. Yeah. Yeah, can't overlook the Texans, obviously. You know about trap games in the NFL. If you don't prepare this week the way you've prepared every other week, you come out flat, the Texans could very easily spoil your Sunday. But they should be able to handle that one. And then the big opportunity in Indy. And like we said, the Giants are 3-1, and one, but that, to me, is not a 3-1 and one football team. Not even close. I think they're more like a 1-3 and three team. Uh, yeah, if Daniel they were Jones. playing some stiffer competition. Yeah, Daniel Jones, is, I don't think is, uh, is going to be the guy. So I don't either. And you feel for that organization. You feel for Brian Dayball going into that situation, having to be paired with Daniel Jones instead of just going and getting his own guy. But I think I do like the Giants organization. I just don't think the talent is there, especially at the quarterback position, to be a playoff team, to be a three and one team. Yeah, they, they definitely are lacking as far as offensive talent. I mean, you got to feel for Daniel Jones. Sterling Shepard's out with a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Always. No yeah, they have no receivers right now. That poor guy cannot stay healthy. Kenny Galloway is not has not looked good. Um, the defense is, isn't great. They're ranked 25th against the run coming in to, uh, to play against the Bears. They weren't much better against the pass before uh, the game against the Bears. I know they had just given up uh, a 99 rating to, to Cooper Rush. He's actually playing pretty well. But, you know, there's some holes in that New York Giants team, and I think that's a winnable game, just like the Texans, Davis Mills, Damian Pierce uh, is good. Brandon Cooks can play, we know. But besides that, in the offense, there's not really much else there. Uh Defensively, Derek Stingley Jr. is struggling um, as a, as a cornerback. There, Jalen Petrie's been playing okay, but oh, love that young guy. He's going to be a good football player. Yeah, I think he will. But we'll talk about that on the next one 
leading into the Texans. Absolutely. Now, as we close out here, I wanted to bring up one more point here about this upcoming schedule. We've talked about it. Texans, Colts, Giants. Games that the Jaguars should be favored to win all three of those football games, which you have not been able to say in a long time. But after that, you know, Broncos, I think that that game is a winnable game for the Jaguars as well. I think they probably, depending on how the next couple of weeks go, will be favored in that game. But after that, you got the Raiders, you got the Chiefs, and I know the Raiders have struggled, but that is still a really talented football team. But you've got the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Lions, who are putting up points like it's nobody's business, the Titans, the Cowboys. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough stretch there. So I think the Jaguars need to take care of their business over the next three games. Yeah, the, those. I mean, that that schedule gets tough. So these next uh, these next three games are huge. If you can come out of these these three three and one or three and zero, oh, which I know is tough to say, you don't want to lose. But these are three. But if you games. look at each one of those games, they should go one and zero oh each week. Yeah, yeah, you got to look at it like that. And coming into the toughest part of the part of the schedule. I mean, you almost almost have to, but if, if you want to be that team that wins the South, you you really need to come out of there three zero. Yeah, at, at two and one at the very least, but they really should go three and zero in that stretch. One and zero each of those three weeks. Jaguars fall to the Eagles twenty nine to twenty one. Everybody here has heard us talk about it. Everyone here has watched it. I'm sure it was a disappointing result but a game that didn't really change any of our opinions on, on the state of the Jaguars, on the direction of the Jaguars. If anything, it kind of solidified how tough of a team the Eagles are going to be in the NFC. And I want to give them more credit than I do give the Jaguars blame, really. I think the Eagles just played they, – they, they played the cards that they were dealt. They played the hand that they were dealt. They played it well. They got the job done. The Jaguars did not. But it's so what, now what for the Jaguars – on to the Texans in week five, home game. I hope everybody comes out. I will be there. Clay will be there. Hopefully all of Duval will be there. Yeah, Duval, we'll see you there. Like uh, Jordan said, 29-21. I'm still very encouraged with this team. I love what I see. I still think that this team is going to go far and win the AFC South. And uh, I'll give it to you guys one more time to start in the end. Let's go, Duval. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. Clay. Well, had a great time talking with you. Unfortunately, we've been talking about a loss, but again, we do feel good about the direction of this franchise as a whole. And in 2022, what they've got going on still in first place in the AFC South, still third place in the entire AFC. Good things are coming down the road for these Jaguars. Make sure to follow Clay on Twitter at Clay Harbs 82. Follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. Of course, um, review and subscribe on your on your podcast platform of choice to believe in Jaguars. You can also check out the videos on the Gin Jag YouTube channel. Thanks so much for being here, Duval. Have a great Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.